if we're not fearful, if we're not making mistakes, if we're not getting a little dirty in the process, we're not living hard enough, I feel. We've all made those kinds of life choices that we think, oh my gosh, what have I done? Either right away or in hindsight. We may even think things are broken forever, all because of our actions. Is there a way to pick up the shattered pieces of those decisions and keep going? How can life go on after some of the things we choose? To err is human, and to talk about it is honest. This is How I Broke This, the show about our big, bad breaks and what happens after we make them. I'm Holly Hutchings. Reno, Nevada artist Blair Zika sees herself as a traveler on this crazy journey we call life. A couple of years ago, if you were to ask her who she thought she was, the answers would be much different than what she'd say today. She was an employee at one of the biggest companies in the world, and she was a wife. Things were pretty steady, but the death of her young husband transformed the way Blair saw her life and herself. Recently, I interviewed Blair for an Art of the State article for Reno News and Review. And her openness to new experiences and her raw and vulnerable responses made me want to talk to her more. I could tell she valued sharing stories as much as I do. I asked if she'd ever want to talk about one bad choice that has really built her, and she gave me a very enthusiastic yes. When you asked me to think of like that life-changing mistake, I started thinking, well, Shit, there's so many. Like, I I, there's so You're like, many. Well, which one? Well, which one could I share? And so then my brain went to why, why, like, what's the underlying emotion that's causing these missteps in my journey? My biggest mistake, I would have to say, is that desire to be accepted. And it has filtered into every bad decision I've made because it wasn't authentic to myself. It was me wanting to be what this situation needed me to be or where I felt I should be to be accepted in this space. A little different from our other big bad breaks, Blair's choice wasn't one tangible turning point where she knew she had changed her life. Hers was more of a continual thread that has influenced all her choices. So it's not like one concrete thing. It's sort of the influence of this perspective and this take on things yeah. that affects everything, you think? Absolutely. I think that fear is a motivator. And when, when that is what's motivating anyone, so for me, my fear of not fitting in socially when I was... Um, in high school or, you know, an example would be I was, I grew up playing competitive sports and, um, then I started dating a guy seriously my junior year of high school and the conversation evolved into, well, if you want to spend time with me, volleyball takes up too much of your time. Like if you want to hang out, let's hang out. I'm like, okay. So there was that moment of, well, I want this relationship to work. He doesn't want this part of my life in that relationship. So I walked away from volleyball, a whole future that I could have had athletically um, just so that I could be more of what someone else wanted. 
More afraid of losing the acceptance of her boyfriend, Blair gave up a sport she loved, one that would have provided her at least a full ride to college and at most a whole career in coaching. The choice to give up something so integral to her being instantly made Blair feel off. You always have that undercurrent of this isn't where I'm supposed to be. This isn't where I feel comfortable. You felt like that? Absolutely. Even after you? Even after I married him. Oh, you did? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like, let's talk about, like, let's talk about the timeline of mistakes. I mean, no, but, but yeah, so... So was being with him, the guy who you chose over volleyball, and then you eventually married, was that like a series of choices to adapt to him and his world, or did you ever kind of find yourself in that space, or what happened? It was definitely adapting to his world, um, taking on his circle of friends, taking on his interests, um, whether it was hobbies, his type of music that he enjoyed, um, all of those things. What would he say if you were like, well, I want this music or that's not who I am? Like, did you feel like you're already too far down the rabbit hole? To Way be like, too far down the rabbit hole, yeah. Now he'd be like, since when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I asked Blair if there were more examples of how this mistake, this desire for acceptance, has shown itself. At that macro level and a micro level in the sense of, I am, I'm going to restrict myself with what I'm consuming as food because I want to look a certain way because a certain look is going to achieve a certain outcome. Um, it's, do I want to, it's, it's looking in the mirror in the morning. Do I look okay? You ask yourself, do By I whose standard? Exactly. Yeah. And for whom? And, yeah. and we constantly put ourselves on this stage, um, think that way all the time and like I judge myself harshly but then I'll be like oh I you know I could be so much more tone or I could Mm -hmm. be this or that I don't judge myself by do I love myself it's not like well I'm doing okay for Holly standards it's still right and then where do your own standards come in like are they (laughs) right so I I love myself I feel great about myself why because I look a certain way, yeah. because I do a certain thing, or is it just an authentic, no attachment type of love? So what, if any, payoff has Blair received by adapting to what her boyfriend or society wanted her to be? I, I, I feel like the payoff has been those fleeting moments of acceptance and happiness and joy. Um, and I say fleeting because they're not built on a a real foundation. They're built on um, like smoke screens. And when we engage authentically, we get so much more out of those experiences than when we engage in a way that we think people want us to be engaging in. I mean, even with my art, um, do, leading up to the first show, I can remember, like, it's not... I always told myself it's not good enough. Like it's not going to be something that I don't feel like I'm an artist. I can barely even call myself that now. I just don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's because we compare ourselves to what we feel a successful artist looks like or is, or, you know, mm-hmm. and that so often can prevent us from being in a place of value and in 
you know, your true calling or whatever, however we want to look at it. But yeah, it wasn't, it still continues with me. Am I good enough? Am I, I don't know, to put myself out there in that, but you, eh, screw it. You just got to do it. <laughs> you just got to do it. How has the fear of not being accepted not stopped you? Because you still have yeah. that, it sounds like, a little bit. Well, I, for me, it's, I had to remove my own emotional attachment from my experience and listen to the feedback that I was getting from outside sources. So friends, family, strangers, people that had seen my art, whether it was on social media or in person, and like, this is great. You got to get this out there. And your story is a story that people could benefit from. And just kind of getting out of my own way and looking at it objectively. If this is the response that's coming my way, regardless of how I feel, I need to trust that this this process is going to be valued by people who might need to experience it. And hopefully they find value in the idea of like live through that fear, um, be an active participant in the grief, the trauma, the recovery, the passion of your life, like actively get involved in it. And um, the worst thing is, is no one's going to like it. Okay. <laughs> that's the worst thing that's going to happen yeah. is that no one shows up to the show they, or they all show up to the show and they hate it. But that doesn't mean that I'm a shitty human being or that so I shouldn't them be. them showing up and hating it or not coming would not, at this point in your life, show you or tell you, oh, I'm right. Like, I didn't deserve to step into this space. Yeah, so that's a great, I mean, I don't think that we can deny the fact that those feelings would definitely be there. Um, but that it that part, then maybe maybe the art, wasn't what people needed at that moment. It doesn't make me as a human um, less valuable. As her need for others' acceptance has faded, I had to know one thing. If you had a boyfriend now who yeah. was like, no, I don't want you to do art. Yeah. I would be like, kick rocks because <laughs> thank you for my inspiration for my next collection, right? Like, that's where, thank you. Um, but no, I think that it's, it's an ongoing process, right? Because the space that I'm in now is that I can recognize it. I recognize that inner dialogue that is destructive uh, or that prevents me from wanting to rework uh, an area of my life. And so by being able to recognize it, I still sit with those emotions and I still deal and navigate through those emotions, um, but it's not as delayed and I come out of it much quicker than I had in the past. Um, just offering myself a bit more grace to be human and what does that look like? And if we're not fearful, if we're not making mistakes, if we're not getting a little dirty in the process, we're not living hard enough, I feel. It's like we're missing some really sweet moments because we're so petrified by... We know that fear sucks. We know that being sad sucks. It doesn't feel good. Um, but it brings out a, a different and better and I think a stronger version of ourselves in the end. We miss out so frequently on like 
the raw, unfiltered versions of ourselves because maybe we don't know what that is. Um, and we sure shit don't want anyone else to discover oh, yeah. it for us, right? No. So I yeah. know. I haven't even put out the first three episodes of this and it's for a class. Yeah. You know, it's not like there's a huge yeah. listenership. Yeah. But I'm like, well, it's not amazing. Yeah. I know you need to get edits. I know you need feedback. Yeah. To be better. But that's so hard to take. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'll just keep it here until I, just by myself, (coughs) make it awesome. Yeah. And then once it's awesome, then I'll put it out for people to critique. But it's really hard to put yourself out there. Yeah. Absolutely it is. But we all feel that way. Not a single human doesn't have a moment where they wish that they would have behaved differently or made a different choice. And so when we hide those things from each other um, and we don't share them, we feel like we have to protect our own self from being judged, from being rejected, from um, criticism. And what we miss out on is perspective and um, feedback on how, you know, you put five people in a room give yourself the perspective of yourself and then ask each individual person one-on-one their perspective, they're all going to be different. And yet we still try to be what every person in our life wants us to be. It's impossible. And so getting rid of the idea that, that who I am is situational dependent upon who I'm with is, um, I mean, that's exhausting. It's exhausting. And of course you're going to screw up a thousand times more because you don't know, <laughs> well, shit, was it, well, who was I when I was with that person? Yeah, you know, like what version of Blair? Yeah. So why not just be the version of Blair that I'm most comfortable with and like let it ride? Thank you for listening to episode three of How I Broke This. This is a wrap-up of my kind of preview season. I will be coming back in the new year with more stories of people's mistakes. Thanks to my guests so far who have been so open and real. I know their stories have been helpful. The upcoming season has some names I think you'll recognize, and I cannot wait for you to hear how even the most successful people have royally messed things up from time to time. Please don't hesitate to leave me feedback, even though if you listen to this whole episode, you know it scares me. You can email me at howibrokethis at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at howibrokethis. See you for the next Big Bad Break.